You're listening to StudiaCast, a podcast created because a few dedicated Studia shippers decided that canon just isn't enough. In order to quench our extreme thirst, we review and discuss the hidden gems of Studia fanfiction. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material while supporting talented authors. This is StudiaCast. Hello, and welcome to episode five of StudiaCast. Um, this week we are doing a fandom voted fic. So you nominated this fic and you voted for it and we are here now um, talking about Never Love a Wild Thing by the incomparable Brella, who is basically the queen. She's like the Oprah of fan fiction. Um, so <laughs> my name is Rachel. I'm Ron Gasm on Tumblr. My name is Anya, and I'm Styles to Likes Lydia on Tumblr. My name is Corey, and I'm Saving Skiles on Tumblr. And my name is Rachel, and I am MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. And um, you are going to hear a lot of babbling because we are incoherent about this fic, like all four of us. So because this fic is very um, detail-oriented, it's kind of like a microscope zooming in on the characters, which is, you know... As a lot of you probably have noticed by now, I- I'm really into that. I love finding out things about Lydia and Styles that we don't know from canon. But I'm wondering, what is your favorite microscopic detail that we see in Never Love a Wild Thing? The scene where Allison um, has just finished st- stitching up Scott, and Lydia's like, I know you're in love with Scott. And then she's like, um, not that I know anything about that. And Allison just laughs at her, and she's like, I, I know that you know what love is. And Lydia says, why are we discussing love when we could be discussing the fact that you just stitched up an openly bleeding werewolf with your bare hands in a sewing kit? Which is just so nice because um, it's so nice to see that scene that all of us probably know so well and, like, see what happens after that that we didn't get in canon. And that's such a Lydia thing to be like, I don't have emotions. Let's talk about science and medicine. (laughs) And it also has this really great, like, microscope on... Allison and Lydia's relationship because Allison is there like telling her not to hold back on her emotions and to like not be afraid to let people in and I really liked it. I absolutely love how um Brella really kind of touches on the different types of love and relationships that Lydia has in her life throughout the fic and the way that she writes it's so delicate but so profound so she's able to kind of really tease out kind of how Lydia is feeling in in any given moment and my favorite one of my favorite lines and one of my favorite moments um is when she says there's beauty and being scared and loving is being scared and that's what Styles Stalinsky teaches girl genius Lydia Martin like I absolutely love that I love that there's this whole analysis about what love means to Lydia and how she's experiencing different types of love. But ultimately it's Styles who teaches her that sometimes you just gotta be scared and, and accept that you're scared and that love is a scary thing. Yeah, kind of to like touch on that, even then when we're talking, um, we get to like section 13 and um, Dukulian asks Lydia, what is your kryptonite? And, <laughs> and it's or her weakness and um, it kind of parallels in earlier where she says um, she will not let her heart be her Achilles heel, be her Trojan horse. And uh, everyone, and it just comes back to it in, in uh, section 13. And then um, she gets a, 
a text from Scott, and it says, you're his, too. Wow. Yeah. Just the <laughs> fact that Scott can even see that in Lydia, and he's he's very calm about it, I think, in a way that really, for me, rings <laughs> true for Scott as a character, just because I think there's a part of him that, like, has a hand in all these people's lives, sort of, in the pack. Like, he is always watching and ready to, like, swoop in and mom. Um, but, like, I also... <laughs> I also kind of have this, like, personal headcanon, which this aids, that um, he has, like, a rule that he doesn't interfere with um, pack stuff where he only understands it because of his wolf powers, which is, like, why he hasn't told Styles that Lydia loves Styles because Lydia never told Scott. He just knows because of her chemo signals and her heartbeat. So he can't, like, tell Styles because he wouldn't know if he was a human. However, this scene, the fact that he, first of all, is reassuring Lydia, second of all, like, telling her something that she might not know at this point in the story, like, depending on where you believe Lydia falls in canon, it's just this perfect moment of Scott, and, like, he's not in that much of the rest of the fic, but this is all you need to understand Scott McCall completely. He... He will protect parts of Lydia that Lydia doesn't even need, know she needs protected. Just bless Scott McCall. <laughs> Honestly. Every time we do one of these podcasts, all we do is talk about Scott McCall. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Scott needs love too, though, so it's okay. Yes, and Scott plays such a huge role in both, I think, Styles and Lydia's development. Yeah. So you really can't talk about Stidio without Scott. It's true. <laughs> you can't have... Martinsky without Mick Martinsky. I mean, technically you could, but why would you want to? Um, I, I really want to talk about the style of the fic, if, if that's okay. Yes. Yes. Let's get into that, because I, I absolutely love that she chose, or she, I think it was a prompt, right, where she's supposed to use 15 Ways to Stay Alive by Daphne Gottlieb. And I love how she chose to um, interpret that prompt. And I like that she decided to make the story nonlinear. So you're getting these little moments, right, throughout. And as a fan of the show and a fan of the, the pairing, you know exactly what she's talking about whenever you get to a certain scene. But at the same time, it kind of gives you this, this sense that you're, you're kind of... It's like voyeurism, basically. Like you're you're dipping into Lydia's life and Styles' life, and you're you're kind of seeing how their relationship evolves, but it's not necessarily chronological, which I found really, really lovely. And <laughs> there's still these overarching themes again, like the overarching theme of love and and Lydia's relationship and growth, and then also Styles's. But um, I, I just really loved how she she decided to. to structure the fic based on that that poem yeah they're basically just little snapshots into <laughs> little sequences of time and it's just really refreshing or well it was refreshing at the time because this is a fic written long ago but um <laughs> it's definitely something i loved as well just to see a little snapshot and uh, maybe not necessarily be linear um i also really like how within each individual scene it often transitions from the past to the present or whatever the present is in that current um section so for example at the beginning of one of the sections Lydia is talking about realizing she loves Jackson after 
he's dead. And then it transitions to saving styles from the gasoline fire in Motel, California. And that transition is so flawless. And it's just like, um, it's so unexpected too. Like whenever you start reading a section, you never know if that's going to be the entire section or if she's going to transition into something more current. And it's all, but no matter what she chooses to do in the present, it's always so perfect. And you like, I would never think to put the those two things together like that, but it works so well. That's my favorite part. Part eight is I I adore it so much because of exactly because of what you said because of that juxtaposition because you have that moment with Jackson where she all of a sudden realizes, oh my gosh, I do love him because she she sees him die and she's like, oh my gosh. Um, but it's not until that scene with Style that like the very, the last line in that scene where she's like, or maybe this is the part where it starts. Like how she finally starts to understand what love can actually mean and what, yeah, I just, I love that part so much because of that juxtaposition. Yeah, I, that's my, one of my personal headcanons about Lydia is that Lydia in that scene um, is, like, starting to realize that there's been a dynamic shift in the way she views Scott and Styles, and it's, this moment is an extremely monumental moment for her character, and the fact that it was juxtaposed with her discovering, like, that she, like, does love Jackson and, like, talking about that relationship, which, in a way, like burned her and like ruined her in ways that you know the fire never could it's it's deeper than that and it, it runs so deep in Lydia and she can't escape it um and seeing that represent like here's the ashes of that relationship and here's her rising up from that and saving Styles and Scott's life lives it's just they don't have one life they're two different people uh, <laughs> well, I know sometimes it's hard to tell arguably <laughs> Yeah, she's just, it's an incredible juxtaposition, and it was a, just a genius move on Brella's part. Yeah. There's also, like, this um, motif of, like, a rusty knife that goes throughout it that I really loved because it is, like, it's, like, imperfect but also, like, dangerous, and that, I just feel like to show the way that Lydia thinks about love through a knife is just, like, it's... It's really accurate. Everything about Lydia's character in this is so accurate. It's amazing. Like, Brella just hits it right on the nail every time. I think one of my favorite lines is probably... In, it's actually in section one. <laughs> and it's... Uh, she hates it when things don't make sense. She hates not understanding. But most of all, she hates that her heart is not under maximum security. And I'm like, oh, Lydia. Like, Brella gets it so right. And uh, it's just... Amazing. I also love section one so much because right from the beginning we get so many aspects of Leah's character. Like, first of all, she's sitting on top of the jungle gym in pink cowboy boots. Yeah. Reciting bones of the human body. Like, what is a more Lydia thing <laughs> to do than that? It's so perfect. And then that's and like that's like innocent baby Lydia who's being smart and enjoying herself. And then in the same scene, you get older Lydia who, like Corey said, realizes that um, her heart's not under maximum security and then decides to like make herself more secure. And it's just like in that one tiny scene, it's probably less than a thousand words. You get to see so much of how Lydia 
grew up to where she is at the beginning of canon, and it's so perfect. It's literally like four or five paragraphs, <laughs> like, and we get such an insight in every single one of these snapshots, and it's just amazing how Brella is obviously really in tune with Lydia and can just give us so much out of so little. So going back to kind of what Anya was touching on with the with the rusty knife and kind of how that that motif is played throughout the throughout the the fic. One of my favorite lines, and I think it is such a Lydia line too, is she likes the things that draw blood. And I think that's just so indicative, right, of, of how determined she is and how powerful she finds herself to be and, and also her, her growth, right? So I think that, you know, she, so oftentimes Lydia, right, she, she's always on the offensive rather than than the, de the defensive, right? She's built up this, this wall around her heart. And so she's constantly looking for ways to, um, to keep people back and keep people away. And I think that that line was just really, really indicative of that. But I, I just, I, I really like it. <laughs> I really want to talk about I don't know why this, like, struck me, but, you know, sometimes you're reading something and it just, like, hits you with a chest and you cannot go on. Um, <laughs> the part where, I mean, with the City of Kiss and how it builds from Styles having chapped lips and um, he's not wearing chapstick that day, and it, it like, really, really struck me, this idea that, um, like, he, like, puts on chapstick every day, like, he has to because his lips get all dry and cracked and gross, but the day, like, Lydia Martin happens to press her lips <laughs> against his, he's not wearing the chapstick, and it, it feels like, in a way, kind of, like, childish, almost, because, like, the, the women I know, like, adults that I know, like, they don't, mostly don't use chapstick, they wear, like, lip gloss and lipstick, and then you've got styles, like, smothering on chapstick, and it reminds me of, like, sixth grade when kids wore those lip smackers instead of actually being able to wear <laughs> lipstick, um, and lip gloss, and it really lends itself to this image of styles in that moment. He's on the floor and he's having a panic attack, but also he's kissing the girl who he's had a crush on since he was eight, and, like, he's having this moment that he's fantasized into existence so many times, and now it's actually here and it's real, and he's not wearing his chapstick, and, like, it's okay because it still overtakes Lydia and consumes her, and it, like, the moment, like, hits her character in the side and sends her on a completely different track, and, like, Styles wasn't wearing his chapstick, but that's totally okay because that's not what Lydia needs from him. She can be the barest version of herself on that floor with Styles, and Styles is the barest version of himself, too, for her. Going along with that, after Lydia gets attacked on the lacrosse field, and so Styles is hanging out at the hospital, so it's in part 12, and there's this beautiful, beautiful line where basically he's like, he sleeps in chairs outside Lydia's hospital room and both in consciousness and in disjointed dreams apologizes. I'm sorry for leaving you. I'm sorry for watching you leave. I'm sorry for not being him. I'm sorry for not knowing how to tell you you're a universe. I'm sorry. Like, it just goes along perfectly with what you were saying. Like, it, that's just such a beautiful moment and so indicative of how much Styles truly cares about Lydia. And just the fact that he compares her to a universe, it just shows how much 
even just the small glimpse that, of, of Lydia that he's seen at this moment in canon, he understands her better than anybody else in her life. And so to see their relationship evolve from that point to where he actually gets to, to know her and understand her better, you know, even when he already knew she was a universe, it just makes my heart flutter. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Lydia's characterization like up to now, but also Styles is written so well in this fic. Like there's this one scene um, that's actually from Styles's point of view, and it's after he has realized that he can't read anymore. And it says, Styles doesn't need help. Styles helps. That's what he's there for. He's there to figure things out and have breakthroughs and know what he's doing. And I love that scene so much because it's so Styles. He's like, I can't be like the one who needs saving because. I don't have any powers. I can't be a burden on the pack. And then Lydia shows up and just gives him a bunch of books in different languages. And she's like, oh, so you can't read English? So read these instead. And it's so great because it's exactly what Styles needs because it's like help without looking like it's help. Plus, there's this line in that part that says her bright blue dress mingles with the auburn of her hair instead of clashing with it. And that is su subtly orange and blue is a perfect combination. Brella is such a genius. Oh I my died. God. I didn't even, okay, I didn't get that the first I time. I didn't either. I read it oh and it just God. gave me a heart attack. Oh While we're talking about things that fucked us up in this scene, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that Styles said, like, Lydia Martin walks into Styles' room, like, sh it's her room. She's like, I'm walking in here. And he's like, uh, uh, wait, 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 my underwear's on the floor. I have underwear on the floor. Yes. Wow, I found religion in that line. I was like, she has now officially seen your underwear. You've made it. <laughs> I've already talked about the thing that fucked me up the most, but it is when Scott texts Lydia, you're his too. Like, it just literally, like, pangs to my heart. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> you guys all heard the noise I made when I was reading it earlier. Kind of to lend itself to that, um... There's this part in the same freaking scene. What is it with this scene? Um, he, it's his point of view, and it says, um, Anchor, a heavy object attached to a rope or chain and used to moor a vessel to the sea bottom. A person or thing that provides stability or confidence in an otherwise uncertain situation. Lydia, eternally, since she'd given him back his Pokemon cards in the third grade. Pastidia in this fic is the best. There's, like, that scene, and then at their eighth grade graduation, um, when he has been subtly giving her just little, like, nature things that he likes, and she's like, oh, crap, I can't do this. I have this plan for my life, and I can't let Styles derail it. And so she tells him all those things in French, and I, like, take French, so first of all, it was really satisfying for me that I was able to read that, because I was like, I, my French was useful. <laughs> obviously that's the only reason i learned french so is that i could understand what lydia was saying to styles at their graduation for sure for sure <laughs> but also it's just like the fact that he's just sitting there like what is happening lydia's never spoken to me this much before but it's not in english and i don't know what to do and she's just like you like me too much honestly I have ambition, I have things to do, I can't deal with you right now. And he's just like, are you like trying to tell me my fly is open? <laughs> he just doesn't even know, he doesn't even know how much Lydia is opening herself up to him in this moment. And she does it because 
she knows that he won't understand her. And it's just so, it, it shows so well how much they've grown because in this moment, she's opening herself up to him when she knows that it can't hurt her. And then by the end of this fic, she's just totally open with him and just gave up on trying to hide herself from him. And he knows it, sort of, except he's oblivious, so only sort of. And it's so good. There's um another part that I really like when Lydia is kind of not hiding herself from Styles, but like it's in a point in their relationship where they're just less than they are um, by the end of the fic. But it's it's the part where uh, he's talking to her after um, she gets bit by Peter and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, you're the first person to ask me if you're okay. And he's like, ah, cool. <laughs> and then she's like, you're still not running with me in the ambulance, by the way. And he's like, and I just love that because it like puts them on this plane together and then Lydia just like takes a step off lands on a cloud she's like we're here this was fun now we glide (laughs) goodbye I also really like the scene kind of going along with that um when she and Styles are sitting in the hospital after Jackson comes back from the dead and um and it goes again back to the rusty knife thing. So, but she asked Styles, "Do I seem different to you?" And he was like, "No." And he's like, "Well, I mean, a little, but not like you're something you weren't before. Just that you're letting it show more." I just really, I love that little, that little bit in that scene where it kind of it, it hints at what their relationship's going to become, and it also hints at how vulnerable she's starting to become with Styles. It also kind of shows how much Styles actually knows her, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't know, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, uh, I touched on this in, like, the last podcast, but it's something so core that they always know each other. And so it, it just kind of hints at that as well, and I, I love that every time I see it. There's moments even before they're together where, like, they have these moments separately and together and they have these thoughts in their heads. And, you know, you just can't help but think to yourself, like, these two people are so suited to each other. Like, I don't understand why, but the way they think about life and about relationships and about each other, like, they don't always match, like, par to par, but they click. And I, I just think it's incredible. I, I, I think I've said this before, but I never have had an OTP that's quite so suited to each other's ways of thinking. And it's kind of incredible to see just the way they consider their world and consider each other and how that ultimately plays into this friendship that becomes massively important to Lydia's development and just, like, massively important to Styles' spirit and, like, general well-being. Brella was talking about how it was it's difficult for her to write... Lydia because she's worried about like not making herself her sound like a genius enough and like I and earlier Anya you were talking I think it was you at least about um how no it was it, it might have been Rachel I'm sorry about how like Lydia's I don't know who it was <laughs> someone here one of you clever bastards was talking <laughs> was talking about how um Lydia Lydia's dialogue, uh, no, internal monologue translated from what she was thinking in the past to what she was thinking in the future, like, through characterization, really seamlessly, and I kind of wanted to play that up into writing Lydia a genius when you're not a genius, because I think that Brella does it so 
well. It's like when Styles says, please God, let Lydia Martin live forever. Oh, that's not cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, that and, and when he when he references what she said to him in French. Yeah, that's in the, the same scene. scene. And you know that he like went home and like researched yeah, yeah. it and god damn it. God fucking damn it. Also, one of the things that Brella does really well is write Lydia as a genius, even though like that's really difficult to do if you're not if you don't have an IQ as high as Lydia Martin's, which does anyone. <laughs> and um, there's just, like, something that comes across in, like, how confident she is when she's saying things that she knows irrefutably. And there's also just, like, some moments of just, like, vocabulary that she uses that just kind of hints at, like, I'm intelligent. And it's not, like in your face like you try to look up random facts to prove that you know that Lydia is smart but it's just so seamless in the way she talks to Styles in French gives him books in four different languages like talks about stitches and knows all the bones in the human body like it's all these subtle things throughout that just remind you Lydia Martin is really smart Lydia Martin is really smart well I think that goes along also just with with Lydia as a character because she's not um you know, super overt, right, in, in expressing her genius. Like, she's she's spent so long trying to disguise it and to kind of come across as being this, this airhead. And in reality, I mean, she knows she's a genius. She knows she's intelligent. And I think that the, the way Brella kind of seamlessly incorporated these little hints at, at Lydia's intelligence and the, the extent of her intelligence throughout the fic, it... it fits Lydia as a character you know like she she's not being overt about it but she's it's there she's a genius and so I think that that Brella did a fantastic job with that I mean we've already kind of talked about just how awesome Brella is a character. <laughs> yeah. it's true like you cannot say enough good things about about Lydia and Styles too in this fic yeah there's especially because there's something about Styles that makes it easier for Lydia to slip into her genius, I think. And I think that that's something that you see consistently in canon. Um, it's that she always around Styles is just a little bit more open to being herself. It's a little strange almost. She doesn't pretend around him as much, even in the beginning. Like, for example, the Molotov cocktail scene. Um, She's like not they have this interaction, they go back and forth, and she's not using her fake voice or anything. She's just speaking to him. Um, and you can see that throughout this fic, Lydia is open to being a little bit more open with styles. And maybe it's because she doesn't think that he matters as like a potential love interest, but I still think that it contributes hugely to the development of her as a person and her ability to be open with other people and not just Styles. And also, it adds so much to Styles' character and her perception of Styles' character because, first of all, she sees that he's intelligent as well, eventually, and she likes that about him. But also, um, the fact that he sees both aspects of her and likes them both so tremendously, for me, that's one of the reasons why Styles is such a likable character. Um, there's just this selflessness about him when he's loving Lydia that makes him makes me love him more because you don't see it anywhere else like for example in this fic there's a line where he says to Scott um 
I wish I'd never met her. And that's the first line of the section. So I thought that he was saying, when I, the first time I read this, that I wish I'd never met her because she keeps hurting me and she doesn't want me and it doesn't feel good. But then it turns out, as you read on, that he said it because if she'd never met me, she wouldn't be getting hurt and this wouldn't be happening to her. And that's Styles' character in a nutshell. Yeah, I I love that scene so much. And one of my other favorite lines comes from it. So it's a million things compressed into that second between kicking off from the earth and reaching her. A million auburn hairs, a million concealed smiles, a million lingering looks, a million accidental brushes of the wrist bones, a thunder-clapping instance of the English translation of the words he'd heard years ago. You love me too much. You know, like, so it ties back into what Lydia was telling him at the eighth grade graduation, right? And he, him going back and looking it up and <laughs> trying to figure out what she meant and him realizing in that moment, yeah, I probably do love her too much because I, I only want her to be safe. I also have a favorite line from that section, and it's, Styles hasn't prayed since his mom died, but that night he goes home and grips his fingers against each other, and even though he's sure there's nobody up there to hear him, he thinks, please God, let Lydia Martin live forever. And the fact that he asks for that and nothing else, like, he doesn't care about himself. He's not like, let's live, let us live together forever. And he's just like, let her live because she matters so much. Frick styles. <laughs> he loves her too much. And he, and he knows what her brain can do for the world. I think like, this is something that I like, I will stick to my guns about this. Like he would die for her and it's not completely because he's in love with her. It's also because he knows what her brains can do for the world. And he is not a selfless person, but this is bigger than like, this is Lydia's mind can do things that nobody else's can do. And he knows that matters. And he knows that that matters more than his life does. And he will protect that. He cares about that so deeply. He knows she's a universe. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, what the crap? Sorry. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not. No. Don't be sorry. <laughs> Say it again. That's my job. I'm the Canadian. <laughs> this is, why do you always make Canada jokes? No one else because, makes... Because I have to, okay? I have to make fun of myself, otherwise, like, it's okay for... It's, it's fine for other people to do it, and it's totally not. Okay, but... One of my, okay, one of my favorite lines is also in this section. Like, this section is just A1. But, like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for internal thoughts, like, just in italics, because uh, I just do that all the time when I'm writing. But if Lydia dies, who's going to scream for her? You are. Ugh! <laughs> I, I don't have any other words to how that makes me feel. Just noises. How about that ending? <laughs> oh, my God, what a parallel. But, oh, God, she brought it back to the color red right so yeah. tying that in because earlier in the fic she mentions the red yarn um kind of like stitching up Lydia's arm and um I, I like that she kind of brought that back and it it you know he blinks the world into racking focus and discerns red that's rusty and rich and full of far off treasure full of promise it falls in waves I just really love that she she kind of brought that motif back, even though the rest of it really, really hurts. It's like bringing it full circle, because at the beginning, when Styles was in love with Lydia, and Lydia didn't even know who he was, and now it's like Lydia's in love with Styles, and Styles doesn't even know who she is, and it sucks, but it's like 
it's also really beautiful, but in a painful way. Yeah, like, the line, and he suddenly feels like this is the worst thing he's ever done, not remembering the face slowly edging back into the shadows, away from the gold lamp on the empty table. Like, deep down, he knows that she's important to him and that this person means the world to him because she's a universe. He can't remember her, and he it, it just brings him so much, much pain. And the fact that she's just like, go back to sleep. You know, like, I, I accept that you don't know who I am right now, but I'm going to be here regardless. So, this has been episode five of Cast. Next week, we will be reading You Were Never Meant to Feel Alone by Perfect Pro, which is just, like, a mess of angst and agony. So, you will, I'm sure, enjoy that. I am Rachel. I'm Ron Gasm on Tumblr. I'm Anya, and I'm Styles to Likes Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Corey, and I'm saving Skiles on Tumblr. And I am also Rachel, but I am MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. At CidiaCast, we review and discuss our favorite Cydia fix. If you enjoy the fic as much as we did, be sure to leave the author some love and encouragement. You can find us on Tumblr at the URL CidiaCast or on Twitter at Cydia underscore cast. A huge thank you to our editor, Rosemary, Row Your Boat on Tumblr, for making this possible. And to you, our listener, for tuning into this episode. See you next time.